Today's Unseminary podcast episode is brought to you by Regal Theater Church, the only theater company providing full-service consultation for churches wanting to create dynamic worship services in familiar, culturally relevant venues, the local movie theater, with lots of parking, spacious lobbies, plenty of bathrooms, and a perfect view of the screen from a comfortable seat. Regal theaters are ideal for church plants and multi-sites. Learn more at regaltheaterchurch.com or call their incredible team at 1-800-792-8244 today. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Rich, the host around these parts. Thank you so much for taking time out to be on and listen in on today's episode. We know you've got a lot going on and we're just honored that you would take some time out to listen in. Today I'm excited to have Bob Smith uh, from us. Bob is at 242 Church, a fantastic church. If you're not following them, uh, you really should. Uh, Welcome to the show, Bob. How you doing? I'm glad to be here. Ah, this is going to be great. I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, so 242 Church, a great church, started uh, in 2005. It's really rapidly growing. A couple campuses. I think you may be eyeing more in the future. Uh, about 4,000 people in attendance. So it's a significant church. Bob, why don't you tell us about your role there at uh, 242? Uh, my role is, uh, has just evolved. I was the... Um... For the last five years, I was the campus pastor for the largest campus in Brighton. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were about four forty-two hundred people at this campus, and uh, uh, I had always been part of the leadership team when mm-hmm. the church started. Uh, but I was—I uh, had a—I uh, had a twenty-seven-year career prior to going into ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my role has just evolved to so focus mostly on business and development. Yep. The development side is going to be new church work, new residents planting. Uh, internships, mm-hmm. uh, missions, and things like that. So that's what I'll be focusing on going uh, forward in the future. Cool. Why don't we start? Give us a sense of 242. If people that don't know the ministry, give us kind of a, a flavor for, for the for the church there. Well, I think what we try to um, do the most is to be able to uh, uh, focus on people who are far from God. I would mm-hmm. say that probably about 50% of the people who attend here on the weekend have no real relationship to Jesus Christ yet. Wow, they're spiritually nice. curious. Uh, they're just trying to figure things out. Um, so uh, we really focus on uh, the mission more mm-hmm. than we ever do people's preferences. And mm-hmm. when I say preferences, is there's a lot of churches out there that if someone comes and says, hey, you know, we want to do a women's ministry, we want to do this ministry, we want to do that. If it doesn't fit uh, the ideal that we want to value people on the fringe more than people at the core, we're probably not going to end up doing it. So mm. we try to be a really simple church, uh, mm. weekend experiences, and small groups. That's about uh, the two main things that we do. Hmm. Now, how are how are you able to kind of keep that focus? I think a lot of churches talk about simple church, but at a right. church of your size, you know, how are you able to do that? What are some of the kind of mechanisms that you've been able to do that as a church? Well, I think our lead team uh, stays pretty laser focused on on those two core values and mm. to be able to work through those. And I think we we have. Uh, internal checks and balances with our team. Something sounds like it's going beyond what we try to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, the other guys on the team, will just start beginning to shut that that conversation down and just be able to guide it back to. And one of the things that really helps us is that um, uh, we try to think like a new church plant, mm-hmm. even though we've been around for ten years. So mm-hmm. it's 
is always getting back to what does it look like to multiply more churches, start churches, uh, grow the church, uh, reach people who are far from God, uh, as opposed to just transfer growth or anything else. Mm -hmm. Love if all those people would stay at the churches that they're at and <laughs> just send those those other folks uh, uh, to us or so we can maybe just equip or work together to, to reach those people and, and grow the kingdom. So we we talk about that all the time, and we're pretty laser focused on it. Hmm. So we lot of we kind of check ourselves on that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you you know how how are you kind of structured from a leadership point of view? You talked about the lead team. How does that work from a governance point of view? How you know how are you making decisions within um, you know within two forty two? Yeah, so we're a staff led church. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the you know large churches are today. Mm -hmm. um, we have elders, but they really just the. Uh, they guard the senior pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, they're his uh, accountability team and things like that. They mm -hmm. might be some of the first to hear what's going on, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't. They don't have a vote. Uh, their role is really just to come alongside the senior guy and just uh, and guard him, mm -hmm. guard his heart, and, mm -hmm. and guard the mission. Mm -hmm. um, our lead team is comprised of uh, uh, five guys: uh, mm -hmm. the senior pastor, uh, who who acts as the CEO. Mm -hmm. uh, this is our lead board, our our, uh, our board of the church. Mm -hmm. um, I act as a treasurer. Mm -hmm. um, and we have, uh, uh, besides that, I have a uh, teaching pastor who okay. leads the teaching teams mm -hmm. and creative arts. Then I have a campus guy who looks after our campuses and small groups. Then I have a guy who does family ministry who we mm -hmm. just kind of talk about. He does diapers to diplomas. And, uh, that's, <laughs> that's a great that's phrase. That's where he lives. So, like that. Um, and what's really nice is that um, the, the lead team uh, functions uh, church-wide. Uh, as as the leadership, so we don't have campus pastors on our team and things mm. like that who are, you know, positioning themselves to take care of their campus in the best way. So everybody on the lead team is looking after all the campuses churchwide equally. So we mm. have a stake in how everybody succeeds, not just one campus versus another. Hmm, interesting. Now, at the you know at that volunteer level, there may be some people that are listening in that are saying, "Hmm, that's interesting about the way you have your kind of the volunteer board structuring to kind of guard." Um, you know, the senior pastor. And I know that that's where that's very similar how we're structured. Um, we're staff led as well. But can you kind of dig into that? Has that what it's always been like that at 242 right from the beginning? Um, you know, what has that process been like for you? Yeah, when we uh, when we started uh, and we launched about uh, 10 years ago, uh, we had a management team that was mm -hmm. made up of myself, uh, the senior pastor, and some guys outside, some senior other pastors from uh, other churches and things like that, mm -hmm. um, who just kind of gave advice and counsel as we as we launched. It took us about six and a half, seven years before okay. we started to appoint uh, elders. Yeah. And uh, at that time, we just kind of allowed our management team, those senior guys from other churches, to begin to drop off as new guys came on from within our church. Uh, but the idea is that we wanted people who were, had, had proven this to be with us. Mm -hmm. uh, and that takes a while to do as, as a church evolves and things like that. Uh, one of the best things, I, I have two uh, guys on the team who are former elders from previous churches okay. uh, who would never accept again a traditional elders role. Like, <laughs> right. like so, so when we told them what, what we're looking for specifically, they're really excited about that because I'm, mm. I'm a recovering elder myself. <laughs> and that that's just a tough role, especially if if, if you're, you're trying to lead through a committee yeah. and there's a senior guy in a church who's struggling and you know he's got to you know he's got to be more of an employee mm -hmm. than actually the visionary. And mm -hmm. I think that this structure really allows uh, the senior guy to feel comfortable about you know sharing what's going on in his life. You mm -hmm. know that accountability. Where mm -hmm. uh, often when you have an eldership, 
that is looking at the staff as their employees, mm. as an elder-led church. Mm -hmm. if, if you start you know, talking about the chinks in your armor and where things aren't going well, some mm -hmm. of those guys are, are thinking, well, that may not be long-term, you know, yes. you know, it's more an employment issue yep. rather than a, a spiritual issue. Right. So I think the way we do it really helps us uh, stay on the spiritual side of things Absolutely. And, and the accountability side. Absolutely. Then what is the kind of planning process? Like, how are you developing plans as a, on the staff side of that equation? And what does that look like? You know, what's the rhythm that you're in there and how do you interact with them? Obviously you said, hey, they're kind of some of the folk, first people to be informed of that. What does that process look like for you? Uh, for the for the uh, elder team, I would say on the staff side, from a staff kind of leadership side, side, side with the staff side, yeah. So uh, lead team, we meet together uh, every uh, every week. Mm -hmm. uh, we have an all staff meeting uh, once a month with all the staff of the church. About 40, 50 people show up, and uh, um, but what you'll find us doing a lot of is is really trying to, you know, and it's it's easy to say to do this, um, just to empower. The different uh, ministry teams, whether it's a campus level, community life, which will be small groups, family mm -hmm. ministries, mm -hmm. arts, and empowering them to come up with, with uh, stuff themselves and be entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. But yet, in a structure like ours, the, the, the conflict that arises is that we are uh, a very um, central controlled uh, church. So we're more of mm -hmm. a, uh, we're not a fran our campuses aren't franchised, they're more company stores. Mm -hmm. So there's high degrees of control uh, and, and campuses uh, basically just affect um, the content that we give them. Mm -hmm. they, they, they execute that content. But it's really important that as we, we look at what our, our we grew probably uh, on the strength of the entrepreneurship of our senior pastor and the lead team mm -hmm. uh, in the first five years. But what grew you the first five years in an entrepreneurial spirit um, is not going to grow you the right. next five years. So we're we're trying to figure out and work to create uh, systems where we can uh, give opportunities to be an entrepreneur at the lower levels of community mm -hmm. life, family ministry, children's ministry, arts, and things like that, but yet still trying to control the high-value uh, central so that we can have great content and excellent music and just that high level uh, of execution. So we're, we're trying to you know figure that out and mm. begin to push a lot of that content down. And I think mostly what we're trying to do is establish uh, goals at the central level. Right. That, and that we then give the staff liberty to begin to come out and, and figure out what to do. And mm. we encourage you know cross-pollinization between the campuses. So if yep. you're a small group guy in Ann Arbor and you're a small group guy in Brighton, like you're talking about trying to accomplish the same things. Mm -hmm. Because we don't want to create... Um, so many different programs we want to have the best programs mm -hmm. but yet you still have to allow experimentation to find what those best programs are mm -hmm. so you got to allow people to fail you got to allow some risk and you got to put money behind it mm -hmm. even though i might think to myself like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard <laughs> But let's 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 give it a fly and see how it works. Absolutely. Obviously, a big part of an empowered system like that is, you know, finding great people. What are you looking for as you're trying to find people to kind of come on your team? What are some of those kind of attributes, you know, the kind of people you're trying to bring on board? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the things that we've been talking a lot um, uh, is about cultural fit. Mm. Uh, a lot of other people call that chemistry. Yeah. Uh, but I think chemistry has more of a like, do I like the guys? Right. Do I like the gals that are coming on and things like that? Mm -hmm. But when you start getting larger and you get more than 50 uh, staff members and things like that, I think cultural fit uh, is probably one of the best things you can begin to mm -hmm. look at. Um, mm -hmm. Whether or not 
uh, they hustle. I, one of my, my, my family ministry guy will often say he'll go on a walk with um, you know, prospective uh, staff in an interview and walk them across the building and things like that. Mm-hmm. If they're not keeping pace with him or they're, they're not fast walkers, that's a clue <laughs> for him. And it's just one of the clues and, yes. and things like that. But um, yeah, that's, you know, that's, idea, that's a great idea. one. A, a similar one that I've heard another, another leader say is whenever they interview a staff, they always walk them out to their car after their uh, interview and take a look inside the person's car. And because if if the inside of their car is a complete mess, uh, they may not be a fit for the culture there. They may, hey, if they if they can't keep their car clean, you know, maybe that's good. Person, which I that's good. I might steal that as a former cop. I used to look at a lot of cars. Yes, all good. I enjoy that. Look for evidence. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) So one of the things that uh, we try to think about is um, it depends on the department somebody's going into. Right. Uh, If if it's a department right now of like our community life and our small groups, um, they're a little bit more bureaucratic and. They have a lot of tasks they have to accomplish mm. as they're coaching mm-hmm. uh, small group leaders and network leaders and things like that. So there's a lot of benchmarks that they have to be able to hit and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's probably less op- opportunity to be entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. So would I look for an entrepreneur to be in that role right now? Probably not. I'm mm-hmm. going to look for someone who can execute uh, you know, operationally, mm-hmm. someone who understands maybe a more pragmatic approach um, if that's what we're trying to do. Right. Our family right. ministries are having great success finding a little bit more entrepreneurial in our youth ministries and our children trying to, you know, mm-hmm. As they begin to figure out what they're going forward, and an example is we have a, a one-to-one uh, special needs ministry mm, so cool. that was birthed out of the children's program in just a need, and mm-hmm. that was just a uh, um, a great uh, opportunity that uh, they saw that we yep. didn't see to connect right. to part of the, uh, our community that we were missing. So we really kind of you know narrow this down, and one of the things too that we find in our organization is. Um, we probably don't succeed well enough to a mentor in a position to say, mm. uh, you need to do this and this and this to progress. So I'll probably be looking more for someone who's a self-starter, right. high initiative, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. That way, if, if it's not my culture right mm-hmm. now in the church and we're not doing this well, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to just staff with somebody who needs a lot of that. Right, right. Someone who needs to be able to uh, be guided more. Mm-hmm. I'll probably look more for a self-starter and someone who can just, you know, figuring out what he needs to do or she needs to do mm-hmm. without constant input. Very cool. Well, this has been a great conversation so far. You know, when you think about kind of governance and how your team structure fits together, is there anything else you'd like to share, you know, with our listeners before we move on with the rest of the episode? You know, um, w- as we talk governance, one of the really interesting things about 242 is I don't even have an employee handbook. I have no vacation time. I have no sick time. Um, so we're at some point, I mean, I have a draft book ready to go when we <laughs> figure out, like, this is really important. But just the culture that uh, – um, it, it, not that we're a startup because mm-hmm. um, we probably don't have that level of freedom uh, and experimentation yet. Right. But the idea that uh, a high level of trust that we want to be able to you to work as hard as what you need to work, mm. um, and and rest as much as what you need to rest. Mm. Uh, and, Interesting. You know, often we try and you know when we tell people, well, you can take up to you know three weeks vacation or something like that. Just take it when you need it, and they'll come back and they won't. If we watch. They won't take it, so we have to encourage people to take that time off. Uh, interesting. And really, because you know, uh, it's just it's just a, a different animal for a lot of our folks. They just they work really hard. We've been this, you know in a season of busyness mm-hmm. 
for 10 years. There's a lot of churches, you know, <laughs> there's an ebb and flow and things like right. that, and we don't seem to have that yet, which is, it's a, it's a kingdom problem, but mm-hmm. it's still a problem you got to look after. This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. We're going to turn to the lightning round. That's the part of the episode where we ask similar questions to people who are on the show today. Super excited to have Bob Smith with, with us from 242 Community Church. Great church. You need to really be following this church if you aren't. Uh, today, if you aren't yet. So what's an online resource, Bob, that you're using uh, these days that's helping you out? Uh, there's a, a Google group for executive pastors mm-hmm. in our tribe that uh, has about uh, 120 uh, folks on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I use that all the time, about every single day that there's a question that fires up, I'll fire off a question to them and I'll get a bunch of information back. Very cool. Uh, what's a book you've read in the last six months that's influencing the way you're thinking or shaping your ministry? You know, um, the book that I probably I, I read at least once a year, especially when I, I mentor guys, mm-hmm. uh, is The Cost of Discipleship by Dietrich okay. Bonhoeffer. Yep. And uh, it, to me, it's a, it's a really hard read, yep. but it's a, an incredible worthwhile. And, it, and I've read it five or six times. Mm. And I think I, I need to read it times. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. What's another ministry you're looking to that, you know, is inspiring you these days? Um, Christ Church in the Valley out in... Uh, uh, Phoenix, we uh, we talked to them quite a bit. Uh, we actually went down to New Spring, um, Perry Nobles Church, and uh, took a leadership retreat down there, and uh, they treated us like kings, and it was just a great time. Uh, they're probably a decade ahead of us in a number of different ways, but we, we were able to learn from that, mm-hmm. and uh, I have contacts in uh, a few other churches that uh, I'm a big fan of benchmarking. All yep. my staff will always tell you that Uh, If they come to me with an issue, I'll say, where have you looked before? Find out who's doing it well. Let's figure that out because I don't believe in, I don't believe in anything new out there. Right. Exactly. Very cool. Good. Who's a leader? If you could get 15 minutes with them, a leader that's alive today that you'd love to spend some time with them, uh, who would that be and why? You know, um, this might sound sound a little strange, but it'd be uh, General Petraeus. Ah, Um, interesting. Okay. Retired. He's, uh, um, He's one of these guys that uh, who rose to a uh, a position of incredible uh, influence and dominance in the U.S. Army, mm-hmm. and uh, um, did incredible things in his career. If you look at his entire mm-hmm. career, mm-hmm. and then he fell so quickly. Right. And um, I would just want to like first, you know, honor what he did. And not, yep. I don't, you know, he needs to be remembered for what he's done. Right. And, but not what he did. Right. But I'd love to learn from that because in the middle of just great success and accolades, mm-hmm. he just fell in an instant. And mm. I think there's a story there mm. that senior uh, guys and gals need mm. to understand of how that happened. Mm. That's very good. Very good. All right. Well, when you're having fun, you just want to kick back, relax a little bit. I'm sure leading at the church there obviously is a, is a demanding. Um, what do you do just for fun, just to kind of kick back and relax? Uh, I love to ride my motorcycle. Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah. It's a good time of year to do the last ride. Have you got the last ride in yet? Are you still a few more? Uh, this weekend. Nice. <laughs> this weekend. It better happen. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks, Bob. I really appreciate you being on the show today. If people want to get in touch with you or the church, how, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they can just, uh, uh, the website is 242community.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my e- email is bob.smith at 242community.com. Great. Give me a show. That's fantastic. Thanks, Bob, for being on the show today. All right, very good.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.